Welcome to another episode of the Positive Change Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Harmer, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about why you are not your thoughts or your feelings. Now, if you've ever been in a scenario or a situation as an entrepreneur where you've got too much thinking going on, you find that you just can't switch off and those thoughts just keep going and going and going, and you're not sure which line of thinking or which particular approach to take then this particular episode for you. I call it the spaghetti bowl of thinking and it's really the core of becoming overwhelmed as an entrepreneur. So if you're finding yourself with spaghetti bowl thinking, then this episode is one to listen to. Hi, I'm Dr. Richard Harmer and you're about to discover new ways to go from overwhelmed to thriving in your business and in your life by following your passions, pursuing your unique life purpose and stepping fully into your infinite potential. You deserve to live your best life, a life filled with all of the clarity, courage and commitment you need to be happy and to make a positive impact on the world. So get ready because this podcast challenges society's expectations for what it means to be successful in life and in business and invites you to grow beyond outdated assumptions for defining who you are. Welcome to the Positive Change Podcast. So welcome to another episode of the Positive Change Podcast. And as I've already mentioned, this episode is about why your thoughts and your feelings are not you. You are more than your thoughts and your feelings. So I'd like to start by just setting the scene. I'm working with a member of my Positive Change Accelerator program, This is a program that I run for my VIP students as part of my Positive Change 3X Effect program. And it's really about supporting those entrepreneurs who really want to fast track their positive change for their business and really step more fully into thriving as an entrepreneur and a change maker for the world. Now, in this particular coaching conversation, and it's really typical of many coaching conversations I have with people who really are wanting to high achieve and to realize the destiny of their entrepreneurial adventure faster and faster and faster. In readiness for this coaching conversation, this particular VIP member, this Accelerator member sent me an email, a list of topics they wanted to discuss in their upcoming coaching conversation. And I'll say up front that this list is pretty exhaustive. <laughs> and if we were to spend time on each and every one of these topics, there's probably many sessions, many coaching sessions, many ongoing conversations that we could have had. So let me give you a bit of a taste of what was on their particular list. They said, Richard, I really want to talk about how do I let go of customer expectations. I need to find some peace, some time out from seeking to understand and please every single customer I deal with. Because in trying to meet their expectations, that desired outcome by some time frame, then I'm really setting myself up for high levels of stress and worry. I need to let go of self-judgment, that inner critical friend on my shoulder that always has the contrary opinion to what I believe about myself, that inner critic who always judges me as not being good enough, ready enough, or smart enough to succeed as an entrepreneur. I need to let go of worry. Wasted mental effort trying to solve problems that are not yet ready to be solved. I need to stop comparing myself 
to other people, seeking validation or assurances from other people that I'm doing okay, I'm adequate or I'm sufficient. I need to get out of my own head. It's really noisy in here, they said. It's really, really busy. It's, as I said earlier, it's spaghetti thinking. There's so many thoughts going on. I can't seem to get out of my own thought threads and really find the perspective I need in order to know exactly what to do next. And they also said they need to let go of perfectionism, a big one for entrepreneurs when they really start entrepreneurship and their journey of entrepreneurship, trying to be good at everything all at once, all right now. Never letting go of anything and letting it go its own course. Now, when I reflected upon what this Accelerator Program student talked about, this VIP that's in my program, this particular list they sent me, even though it's got a bunch of stuff in here that we probably don't want to experience too frequently, that letting go of client expectations, that self-judgment, that need to worry or that sense of worry all of the time, that comparison of self to others, that n seeking of relentless perfectionism and that really busy being in my own head and not getting you know, out and about and doing what I need to do. When I look at that list, it's kind of a, a worry list. Now, if you've never heard of what a worry list is before, it's a really useful, pretty simple tool for helping us to get a sense of what's worrying us and how to give it the time it needs in order to be resolved, but also allow us to get over the worry in the moment. Basically, this is how it works. If I notice that I'm starting to worry about a bunch of things and this spaghetti mind or spaghetti thinking is really kicking into play and I'm constantly cycling through the next thought, the next action step, the next worry, the next thing I can't quite do and I just keep going and going and going, we need to recognize that the short-term memory is able to hold seven plus or minus two bits of information at any one time. Let's make it five or six, just to be safe. If we're trying to remember and make sense of and problem solve more than five or six different problems at any one time, we're probably not going to be able to remember them all in order to solve them all. So what our short-term memory does, it keeps cycling through issue after issue after issue after issue after issue, all in the hope, all in the purpose of helping us not to forget anything that we need to solve. Now, this is a fantastic mechanism for making sure we don't forget something, but the pragmatics are, we're going to forget a bunch of stuff and we're also going to wear ourselves out mentally trying to keep up with all the things that we need to remember. So, if that list that we're trying to remember is a worry list of things that we don't want to forget, don't know how to do, don't know how to solve, don't know how to address yet, then write an exhaustive list of all of those worries. In essence, what this particular student did and sent it to me in an email. All of the things they were worried about, all of the things that they've been occupying their time, trying to get them down on a piece of paper in an email in this instance and sending them somewhere so they can get resolved. So a worry list, write that exhaustive list, then set a date and time somewhere in the future. Let's make it a week, maybe two. Sometime a couple of weeks in the future, you know, that third Thursday at 2 p.m., write that date and time at the top of that worry list and then put it aside. It might sound simple, but that worry list allows our short-term memory, our, our thinking mind, 
to recognize that that worry has been taken care of. It will get resolved sometime in the future. The second Thursday at 2 p.m. Now, what's really interesting about this is just because we've written it down and we've let it go as a short-term worry to pay attention to, our deeper intuition hasn't let go of it. It's going to solve it at some point in time, typically at the most opportune moment when we're walking the dog or walking to the coffee shop or talking with a friend or that quiet moment of reflection or meditation or just before we go to sleep or in the shower. One of those spontaneous moments where the intuitive mind connects the dots of everything we already know and we reconcile and resolve that worry. But here's the thing, and this is what was going on for this particular person I'm working with, is they had an activating event, something not working in their business. They then had a cycling of thoughts and feelings about that. I'm not good enough. I don't feel good about that. I don't feel good about not being good enough, but I'm not good enough. I don't feel good about that. And that thoughts and that feeling, that cognition, that thinking mind starts to get into a looping, looping, looping pattern of thoughts and feelings about that worry, about that trigger event that then moves into a belief. I'm not good enough. Thought, I don't know how to do that. Worry, what happens if I'm not good enough? And that feeling of anxiousness about that and a looping and looping and looping. And that then results in a behavioral consequence. That behavioral consequence of not feeling like I'm good enough. So therefore we over-prepare. We seek greater perfection. We never seem to be happy or content with where something is at. Now, in cognitive psychology, in cognitive behavioral coaching and therapy, this is what's called the ABCs of emotion. A being activating event. B being the belief that stems from the thought-feeling loop that we have, resulting in a consequence, a behavioral outcome that we do as a consequence of thinking and feeling the way we do. So if we just take a moment and think about if we believe that we can't meet a client's expectations, what is the behavioral consequence of not thinking we can meet a client's expectations? continuing to try and find what the client's expectations are with even greater clarity, clarity or clarity, even more action to try and get there and we endlessly try to fulfill something that is unable to be defined. Take another one, this sense of self-judgment of this critical friend that doesn't think we're good enough. If we have that as the friend on our shoulder, so to speak, then the behavioral consequence of never believing that we're good enough is to always try harder and never notice when we've already succeeded. This A, B, C's of emotion, when it's unhealthy, when we've got a thought-feeling loop that is continuing to reinforce something that isn't working, the ultimate end game of that particular loop is overwhelm. We're going to get spaghetti mind, spaghetti thinking, where we are unable to get out of our own head, it's way too busy and it's incredibly noisy in there. But what we actually need to focus on at this point in time, if we move further up this levels of sophistication of our thinking from the feeling that triggers a thought, the thought that triggers a feeling, and that loops around and we ultimately have that cognition, a belief or a way of thinking that we don't challenge, The next level up from that 
is what's called metacognition. Thinking about our thinking. Now, what is metacognition? It's, as I said, thinking about our thinking or thinking about our feelings. Feelings about our feelings or feelings about our thinking. I don't think I'm good enough. What do I think about that thought? Is that a useful thought to me? No. Well, metacognition allows us to get on the balcony of our own thoughts and to critically think through and evaluate with a degree of objectivity whether those thoughts or feelings are useful to us in the very moment that we're having those thoughts and feelings. It's reflection in the moment. Now, many people are able to do metacognition upon hindsight where they get to the end of their day or the meeting or the weekend or a few days later and go, wow, that way of thinking or that feeling really didn't help me now. If I had my time again, if only I'd said this or only I'd thought that, if only I'd felt this, I would have had a different experience. That's metacognition. That's getting on the balcony of our thoughts and feelings and noticing whether they're unhelpful or ineffective and identifying an alternative way of thinking and feeling. Now, metacognition in the moment, in real time, is reflection in the moment. It's critical thinking, getting it on the balcony of our own thoughts and feelings and identifying how effective or ineffective that thought or feeling is in response to the specific situation we find ourselves in. It's moving from reactive or reacting to a situation, to responding to a situation. Now, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, a mentor, once shared with me a very simple uh, wordplay on the, on the term responsibility. But if we put a hyphen in the middle of responsibility, it's response hyphen ability. It's our ability to respond to the situation rather than react to it. And that's really what metacognition is all about. Now, being able to do metacognition critical thinking, reflection in the moment and to recognize in real time whether a way of thinking or feeling about a situation is more or less effective and adjusting our thoughts and feelings accordingly helps us to recognize that you are not your thoughts and your feelings. You are able to change your thoughts and feelings at any time to better respond to a situation that you find yourself in. That's the key message here. Your thoughts and your feelings are not real. And they are not you. You are more than your thoughts and your feelings. You have the ability to observe your own thoughts and feelings in the moment and to unravel that spaghetti bowl and to identify one thought or feeling to address at a time and even to recognize whether even addressing that thought or feeling is useful to you. It's from what I shared with this particular person that I was working with all of their thoughts and feelings, that spaghetti mind that they were talking about, is all about looking externally to themselves and trying to identify who do they need to satisfy, who do they need to seek approval from first. It's approval-seeking thinking. From a place of lack, I don't have what I need. I'm not good enough. I might not be able to do this thing. I might not be able to satisfy that. How do I get more information from my external world about how I need to respond in order to seek the approval that will allow me to be okay, to be safe, to be accepted, to be validated in my external world. Rather than appreciation seeking. 
Now, a critical friend, that critical friend on our shoulder that always seeks to judge us is all about trying to help us be better. Now, in small doses, that can be really helpful. But for those overwhelmed entrepreneurs, they know that the the critical friend on their shoulder, that person is always judging themselves, seeking approval, trying to please, that can be pretty overwhelming at times. It's like this search function of our mind, always trying to find out what is missing so we can fill that gap. What happens if we were to redirect that critical friend to the coaching friend, to the appreciation-seeking routine? the appreciation of what is already working, what is already abundant, from what is missing to what is present. And that's really how the thriving entrepreneur approaches uncertainty, ambiguity, volatility, and, and, and a lack of clarity. Rather than avoiding a situation, avoiding that feelings of uncomfort or lack of comfort, they allow those thoughts and feelings to be present to them. If we don't allow ourselves to connect with something that isn't working, if we don't then accept what it is rather than ignoring it, if we don't accept that thought or feeling as not real, not true, not who you are, but present, if we don't allow and accept those unhelpful thoughts and feelings, we can't change anything. We're avoiding. And ultimately, from discounting what is working, to focus on what isn't, appreciating what is, appreciating what is already present, what already makes you brilliant, what already has you and supports you and enlivens you to be the best you can possibly be. As an entrepreneur, we're all about creating change. There will be many, many instances of uncertainty and our real job here as an entrepreneur is to appreciate when things are working and to stay connected with that positive thread. To believe in yourself unconditionally. Looking and interpreting and making sense and thinking and feeling about yourself from a place of abundance and not from a place of lack. Staying curious and asking different and deeper questions. The key focus here is the questions that you ask about your life and your business determine the quality of your life and your business. And the more powerful questions you can ask, the deeper questions you ask are not about the world out there, but the world in here, in your mind. Rather than believing the thoughts and feelings you have, it's asking the question, is this the most useful thought or feeling to have in response to this situation? If not, what is a more useful way of thinking and feeling? Do that instead. Stay big picture and stay strategic. Some of the real challenges here, that list that this colleague gave me, this client gave me, is they're all about trying to respond and react to everyday events, the next thing in front of me, reacting, reacting, reacting. The key question to ask here is, what will move the dial the most today? What is the one thing that if I just do that, it will make the most positive difference? And to do that first. In other podcasts and other sessions, I'll talk about five, I've talked about 5% time. That one thing that taps into your uniqueness, your, your personal genius, your magic source, that thing that only you can do, that is the difference, that makes all the difference, really connecting in with that and do that first. Stay true to yourself. 
is another element to what the thriving entrepreneurs do. And this links back to this previous point about 5% time. Stay true to what makes you, you. If we're constantly trying to be the chameleon, to fit in with other people, to seek that reassurance, that validation, that sense of fitting in with our external world, the challenge is the chameleon's purpose is to never be found. If we're the chameleon, we won't get noticed. And ultimately, create flourishing futures for yourself and for others. Look beyond yourself and to really care for the bigger picture that you're a part of as well. This is what thriving entrepreneurs do. Rather than allowing their spaghetti mind to distract them from the potentiality and the possibilities of what's next for themselves in their business, the thriving entrepreneur stays true to themselves, curious about looking for the deeper question, the deeper answers, stays big picture and really focuses on the work that's going to really move the needle. So what to do about this? What's the angle to take here? If we're noticing noticing ourselves really stuck in this, what I call spaghetti mind, this too much thinking, can't switch off the thoughts, not really sure which line of thinking to take first or next because they all seem to be cycling on top of each other. Other than that worry list suggestion I made earlier, the one big thing, and I focus on this in my Positive Change 3X Effects program in module number two around practices, but the really key thing here is to identify what practices you have to remain positive and optimistic. Now, I go into this in way more detail in my program, but the key message here is there are four fundamental types of practices for remaining positive and optimistic and overcoming this spaghetti mind of worry. The four types of practices being thinking approaches, physiological approaches, relational approaches, and environmental approaches. The one that's really critical here is thinking practices. So let me just return to a moment to the ABCs of emotions and thought. Activating event, the thought feeling spiral that goes with that, that vicious cycle of reinforcing negativity upon negativity that results in a reinforcement of a belief of whatever it might be, not being good enough, not being worthy enough, not being deserving enough, not being smart enough, whatever the not enoughness are all about, that then results in a behavioral consequence. It really is an A, B, C, D, where D is either to distract ourselves from those negative thoughts, those negative feelings, or to dispute them. To learn how to question our own thoughts and feelings, to recognize that they are not real and they are not you, and to find more effective ways of thinking and feeling in the moment. This metacognition, now, I really learned this particular tool earlier on in my own life when I was really trying to overcome negative thoughts that really were holding me back in a book called Learned Optimism by Martin Seligman. And there's a whole range of tools and techniques in there in that particular book. And again, we go through them in the program, but the one I find most useful, like the quickest way, and if you start asking yourself this question today, I can guarantee you that it will adjust your thinking immediately. When we start to notice ourselves worrying about something, 
whether I'll meet someone's expectations, whether I'm going to be good enough, whether I'm going to be able to accomplish that outcome, whether I'll be able to let go of that worry, whether I'll be able to meet up and compare myself and be worthy, whatever those thoughts that ultimately result in overwhelm and feelings of not being good enough. The key question to ask is, how useful is it for me to think and feel this way? Like, I know it sounds really simple, but just pause. Notice your thoughts and feelings and ask yourself, get on the balcony, think about your thinking, thinking about your feeling. Is this the most useful way of thinking or feeling in response to this situation now? Now, if the answer to that question is no, then the next question to ask is, what is a more useful way of thinking and feeling in response to this situation? Now, this may take a few minutes, but really ask the question. Find out the answer. What is the most useful? What is the more useful? What is the more helpful way of thinking and feeling in response to this situation? So rather than reacting to it, identify how to respond to it. Once you are clear what the thoughts and feelings are, an example might be, a more useful way to think about the situation in dealing with this colleague is to think that we're colleagues, not enemies, and to feel a sense of curiosity about where they're coming from rather than a critiquing of where they're coming from. Once we identify that more useful way of thinking and feeling in response to that situation, ask yourself the question, what can I do right now to reinforce this more useful way of thinking and feeling? What behavioral consequence, what behavioral outcome would you notice about yourself? Would you observe yourself doing if you were thinking and feeling in this more useful way? What is that? Then choose yourself and go and complete those activities. So although I presented the A, B, Cs in a linear order, they also go in reverse. The desired behavioral consequence will then reinforce the thoughts and feelings you want, the beliefs you want, which will then have a different response to that triggering event. You are not your thoughts and feelings. You are so much more. And in this episode of the Positive Change Podcast, I just want you to remember the only way to learn is to live a fully lived life. To fully learn all you need to learn to become that thriving entrepreneur, the only way to become that thriving entrepreneur is to fully live life, all emotions, good, bad, and indifferent. And to notice, to allow all those thoughts and feelings, accept what they are without needing to like them or agree with them or want to take them on as your own. And then to look to what is working, to appreciate what is working. Don't let your thoughts or your feelings hold you back from living your best life and becoming that thriving entrepreneur that the world needs you to become. Until next time, this was the Positive Change Podcast. I'm Dr. Richard Harmer. And don't forget to keep smiling when you look at yourself in the mirror. Bye for now. Hi, and thank you so much for checking out another episode of the Positive Change Podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe using the button below and make sure you also click the bell icon to get notified every time we release a new episode. If you're looking for the show notes for this episode, we have them in the link underneath, as well as our social media handles and some links to free training and other offers that we drop from time to time to help you go from overwhelmed to thriving in pursuing your best life. So go ahead and check out this episode's show notes if you're interested. And thank you so much for tuning into the Positive Change Podcast.